Hey, Rocket listeners, this is Brianna Wu. So I am out working to get elected to United States Congress, and unfortunately, I will not be on the show this week. But since this is the last time I'm going to be able to talk to you before the election, I just want to tell you, when you run for office, your biggest fear is that no one is going to show up and no one is going to support you. And I have been overwhelmed and so touched by the many Rocket listeners that have reached out and supported our campaign, you know, uh, just across the board with donations, with voting, with volunteering, with writing me emails. It has really meant the world to me. So we're going to know how this turns out in five days. But before then, I just wanted to say, if you live in Massachusetts District 8, please get out and vote on September 4th. And if you want to support the campaign, this is your last chance. You can do that by going to supportbrianna.com. In any case, thank you so much for your help. Hello and welcome to Rocket. Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Pingdom and Eero. I'm Simone de Rochefort. I'm a video producer at Polygon.com, and I'm joined today by the one and only Christina Warren, Senior Cloud Developer Advocate, and my only co-host right now. <laughs> hello, hello. Yes, um, the wonderful Brianna Wu, who is uh, running for a Democratic uh, representative from con- uh, for, for Congress <laughs> in uh, it's Massachusetts. It's hard to say, right? It, it's very hard to say. In Massachusetts, it's Eighth, that's hard to say too. Uh, eighth <laughs> district is um, away on campaign duties. So we are going to have a message from Brie um, that either just aired or will be airing at the end of the broadcast. Uh, but um, I personally want to give her uh, a, a shout out in the event that she listens to this podcast. We love you, Brie, and mm-hmm. best of luck on Tuesday. She was asking us, like, could we reschedule? Like, is there some way I could be on it? And we were like, no, stop it. You, you're focusing on one of your jobs right now, this is, and that this job is, exactly is yeah, run for friggin' Congress. Uh, when it do you know when the primary is? It's a it's it's Tuesday, September fourth. Okay, so it's super duper soon. So good luck to Bree. She'll be back probably not next week because next week will be either she has won and she's doing her duty, or she has lost and she'll be going on vacation. Uh, well, hopefully the former. But right. so prepare for two. Two weeks of Christina and Simone. I know. And what this means, guys, because, like, we don't have adult supervision. No. Uh, that's what it means. So prepare yourselves for that, because that, that means the, the quality of the show is probably going to go down a little, if we're honest. Uh, but it also means that uh, the ridiculous quotient's going to go up. <laughs> it's going to be zany. I don't, I don't want to say that. Well, the quality. Yeah, no, the quality. Mm, you know, let's just not dwell on it. Let's talk about well, some well, Apple. It, it, I was going to say, it's not because of us. Like, us no. together is fine. It's just when we miss, like, we've all discussed this. When one of us isn't here, like, the show just isn't the same. Mm-hmm. So that's that's all I'm saying. We're going to be missing that some half of our, our hard tech knowledge. But we're going to forge on by talking about some Apple leaks. So these were first reported by Bloomberg, some additional news on what Apple may be probably announcing at their September event. Yeah. So one very one 5.8 inch iPhone 10 upgrade. That's kind of like they're calling it the S cycle of the iPhone 10, not officially, but sort of spiritually, because it will basically be the same thing, but with like nicer guts. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. I mean, I'm 
that that makes me as somebody who spent you know fifteen hundred dollars once you include Apple Care and tax on my phone feel better that they're not just going to be like just kidding, Christina. That that phone is is a uh, garbage now, and we're never going to you know release anything that looks just like it again. So. Well, I mean, you're still probably going to get a new phone. So I mean, let, look, yeah, let me get through the list wrong. first. You're, okay, go uh, on. Yeah. Another new high-end iPhone with a 6.5-inch screen. And this is like the, the huge one that may allow you to have the side-by-side content view that iPads have. And then another cheaper model, uh, which will resemble the iPhone 10, but is actually like another replacement for the iPhone 8 that has a 6.1-inch screen and apparently will is rumored to have many exciting colors. Yes. Uh, when it, not not new metal colors, but uh, I think orange, blue, red, gray, and white are the rumors. And I'm extremely excited for an orange phone. But <laughs> yeah, that yeah, aside, yeah. My, what, do, what do you think about these uh, these particular phone rumors? Well, I mean, it makes sense. Um, it's actually funny because as much as I've been one who I like hated the big phone movement and I was very angry, as listeners may, may recall, when I was forced to get the uh, iPhone 7 Plus. She says forced because <laughs> I had to have the best camera. I obviously wasn't forced. Uh, but I, I was angry about the size. But I've even said this on the show, which is I think that weirdly, even though you have a bigger screen size with the um, iPhone um, 10, I've sometimes missed, I've really enjoyed having a phone that's basically the size of my iPhone 6 in my hand. I've really liked that, but I've kind of missed in some ways um, what feels like a bigger screen. And I've, I've come across certain moments where I'm like, man, you know, if this were just a tiny bit bigger, that would be really cool. Mm-hmm. So I'm, even though six and a half inches just sounds massive, and I don't no, know. Christina, don't do it. I know I did, and I couldn't help it. I, I knew what I was saying as I was saying. I was like, oh, that's going to be a fun um, <laughs> I was uh, actually uh, referring to somebody. you purchasing this new iPhone, but sure, oh, yeah, thought, don't uh, make your your dirty, filthy jokes either. I mean, whatever. Too late. Um, and yeah, uh, yeah, no, I don't know if I'm going to do it or not. It's going to depend on uh, the Bloomberg article said that the big differentiator will be processing speed, which presumably means it might have a little more kick because it's powering a bigger screen mm-hmm. um, and a camera. So the camera is going to be the thing, right? Like, because oh, if they yeah. can have the dual camera with the OIS and all the stuff that I've got on my current iPhone 10, then I don't necessarily know if I want to go bigger. But if they're being like, oh, yo, we're going to add all this other stuff that you really want, me being me, I'll I'll be sucked into the trap. It'll but be the seven plus all over again because you've got to get be, that camera. Because I got to get the camera. But it, again, it's going to depend. Uh, I think on how big it is, and and to a lesser degree. And I hate to admit this, how much it costs. But I'm yeah. I'm kind of already I'm at the point where I'm just like I'm obviously buying a new phone. Um, so they said that the the price the price uh, raises that we've seen in phones in general, but particularly in iPhones, are due to saturation in the market basically so yeah everyone has one of these phones so they are raising prices uh to kind of keep up with the fact that they're not going to be selling as many which it's sad for me <laughs> no i mean it, it, it's sad but, for you and it's sad for frankly all of us who are kind of like we'll pay the money but we kind of don't want to yeah but, and it's weird because it's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy in a sense like i get it because obviously your number of, of potential new iPhone users is getting smaller every year as smartphone penetration 
mm-hmm. fully takes hold. And and so basically the only markets where they're going to get like a brand new to iPhone person or brand new to smartphone person is if you're in markets that don't have um you know, uh, lots of smartphones already like India, where, you know, there's still a lot of growth potential. The problem with India is, uh, A, the phones are a lot more expensive there compared to, you know, people's incomes and uh, Apple even having to to do things like making certain phones there so that they can get around certain tariff restrictions. Mm-hmm. And, then the, and, and then the bigger thing is the connectivity just isn't great. So you have, a, even though you have a huge potential audience, you kind of have a small audience for the high-end stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I get what they're saying, but at the same time, it's kind of self-fulfilling at a certain point because you basically just encourage people to do the two or three-year upgrade cycle because the price is so much that people are like, wait. Maybe no, invest in fine. improving coverage in, in places like India so that Maybe. then people can get more I phones mean, and have them work better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but that would be, I guess, like a... a Smart about Indian, yeah, that, provider like an Indian government. Yeah, it would be like more like Indian government needing to invest in infrastructure. I don't think Apple or anybody can really fix Speaking that. Speaking of but. regions, uh, there's also yes. – uh, I, rem- I remember mentioning the dual SIM cards as a yeah. rumor. The rumor is now that there, the dual SIM cards will exist in the phones in certain regions. What do you yeah. think that that means? I think that unfortunately means that the people who are willing to spend $1,500 on a smartphone and would very much like – um, a dual SIM phone for the first world problem issue of of going to another country and not wanting to pay the Verizon or T-Mobile or AT&T um, rates for, for traveling and would like to be able to buy a local SIM provider to have there so you can have your iMessages all work without having to worry about like breaking iMessage when you take the SIM out. Mm. I think that for those of us, it means that's probably like, yeah, good luck. Um, <laughs> and, and instead, it will be sold in markets like China and India where it is common frankly to have dual sim phones yeah like the like the nokia the nokia um 8810 that i imported uh from ebay um you know the the 90 dollar mm, uh, yes. uh stupid phone that we talked about that actually has dual sims oh um because where it's sold and how that phone is expected to be used are in places where you have dual sims so like it's it's common in, in china but especially in india where it's uh it's in those places, it's not always so much like a oh, I'm traveling all the time and I need to uh, sims to work. It's that again, the network coverage is so bad in some <laughs> of those places that you have to rely on multiple providers to oh. get what you need to get. Wow, I had no idea. Yeah, that's really interesting. I have another question, a clarification for you. So, I know my my iPhone eight uh, has the four point seven inch screen. Uh, but the screen on the 10 is bigger because the bezels are smaller. How does right. the size of the 5.8-inch 10 compare to my 8? It is slightly larger, but... Why, it- Christina? Why? I don't know. But I don't want it. I, I don't know, want a bigger phone. But, but but it's like, I think it's about the same width. It might even be narrower. I don't even know, but it's like, it's taller. Okay. But it's, it's, it, it, it's going to feel very, very similar to holding your eight. Okay. So as if long you as wanted it's to upgrade to that, you would be, you're not going to have a giant slap phone. And in fact, what's going to, what's interesting is that the rumor is that the, the cheaper phone is going to be 6.1 inches. So that's yeah. actually a bigger screen size. Which I don't understand. Know. Why is the cheaper phone so much bigger? Um, well, I think it's because they're using LCD screens, so that's oh, yeah. cheaper. And I, I'm curious if, if they're thinking like the market that that maybe is targeting, like most specifically, might be 
again, like Asian markets where they like bigger phones. I'm oh, not sure. Yeah. And maybe, I mean, maybe that's exciting because usually the cheaper phones are the smaller size. So yeah. maybe it's exciting to have the opportunity to like maybe spend a little bit more, but not that much more, but getting a bigger phone than you might yeah. get otherwise. Exactly. I mean, what, what this kind of seems like to me is that this is an S year in the sense that they're going to be keeping the, kind of the same core design that they've had before, but in some other ways, because last year was the strange year where you had the old school, you know, designs where you had the, you know, the yeah. the six series design, and then you had this brand new design that this is in some ways kind of a year that unifies the design style. And so kind of resetting from this point forward, you have, you're going to have the X and the X plus or whatever they decide to name it. Um, and then, um, you know, as the high end and then this this cheaper phone i don't know what they're going to call that but that almost becomes like the outlier if that makes sense like i feel like like i feel like the way that they're going to position this is going to be you really want to get the the the, the 10 or the 10 plus uh, i even said x i haven't made that mistake in i don't know if ever but uh but you know you want that model you want the the, the aluminum the, the super fancy expensive one mm-hmm. but they recognize that not everybody is going to want that so they are going to sell this Kind of like the iPhone 5C is is how a lot of people have kind of compared it. Only the difference this time is that instead of being, <laughs> being the same physical tiny, size, it's huge. <laughs> it's huge. Yeah. Um, but I am excited about the potential of an orange phone. I know my husband would love that. I got him the Project Red iPhone 7 Plus, um, I guess like uh, a year and a half ago. And he very much liked that. Um, but unfortunately for him, because he usually gets my hand-me-downs, I mean, he can buy his own phone, obviously. That's always an mm-hmm. option. But otherwise... But he like, doesn't I'm care s- to. Right. Um, but I'm not because I'm not pieing, you know, yeah. I, I'm either getting the the X2 or XS or whatever, 10S or whatever the hell they call it, or I'm getting the like the, the, the 10S plus. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, believe me, if I had someone in my household who is just like, woo, new phone every month, I wouldn't be buying my phones either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't blame them. Like, that's yeah. like, you know, uh, fair, so we've fair got for him. Some, actually, well, I'm kind of disappointed in the colors now that I'm looking at the pictures because they're more muted than I would want them to be. Yeah. But we're going to move on from the phone and talk about uh, a couple other just brief things. So we've got updated AirPod rumors. So maybe better Bluetooth, are we thinking? Uh, I don't know because there's not much, there aren't a lot of details on that. I mean, maybe, maybe better, better Bluetooth, like, the only feature that I kind of want in my AirPods that I don't have, I would love the ability to be connected to more than one device at once. Mm. So, like, right now, you can easily just, like, hit, you know, connect or whatever and switch to the other AirPod. And it'll disconnect you from one and connect you to the other. But there are a number of devices that will let you be connected to to two things at once and then will kind of auto-switch. So, to me, that would be great because... Um, again, it's like a total first world problem, but I'll be in a situation where I'm like on my Mac and then I want to move to my iPad or iPhone and I've got to, you know, go through the settings or, um, you know, I'm on an airplane and I'm trying to switch between one device and another. And, and, uh, I mean, it's, again, it's not that big of a deal, but like, that would be cool. Um, waterproof would be cool. I don't know if that's going to come maybe better battery life if they were able to do that. I don't know. There aren't a lot of things I'm, I'm expecting what it's, funny is I think we're finally a year later literally going to get the the wireless connection case for the AirPods mm. which which at this point to me just feels like you know you've you've waited you have had a year to release this and you haven't you need to just make that part of the new item 
and forget about trying to convince anybody who already has AirPods to spend $70 on a case to wirelessly charge. Because honestly, I feel like that ship has sailed. You know what I mean? Like, make that a feature with the new ones, but forget about releasing that as a standalone thing. Mm -hmm. Because and they're also rumored to be releasing the the air power charging mat working with the the phone, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean at Finally, long last. Again, quite late. Do you think it's the same technical hurdle that they've that they've encountered in both of those uh inductive charging devices? It has to be. I mean, honestly, that's the only thing I can consider is that they somehow have had some sort of production issue. That's mm-hmm. the only thing I can conceive of because Although they claim they're doing something different with their devices, they're basically using the Qi standard. And the fact is, is that all the other Qi um, charging things work. So whether, you know, you can get one from Mophie, you can get things from Anchor, you can get things from, you know, Belkin, like a million different places sell them and they all work fine. Mm -hmm. So I have to imagine there's something going on with what they're trying to do. And it has to be like a manufacturing thing is the only thing I can conceive of. I mean, there might be something with the design. I'm not really sure. It'd be interesting if, if somebody would ever, uh, who has information on that, would ever share that. Um, if you do have information on that, you know, who to contact, we can keep you anonymous, but, but, uh, no, but I, I I think it has to be, I don't know. Cause otherwise it just doesn't make sense. Cause it's like, this is well-worn, like, People have been doing this for a really, really, really long time. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't understand. Well, uh, also Apple Watch upgrades, bigger screen, same look. Cool. Go- yeah, yeah. yeah I, th- I think that's the right approach. Like I know some people would love a total redesign, um, but I'm kind of of the opinion that so many people have invested over the years, maybe in multiple Apple Watches, but they've kept a collection of watch bands mm. that I feel like this is a, a good thing, you know? Um, and uh, so, but it, it would also, it would be nice to potentially have a bigger screen. You know, I think that could be good. So, what are the, um, the complaints that people feel would be addressed by a redesign? I don't know. I mean, I think probably battery life is is the closest one, but mm. it's interesting because I think at this point, most people who have an Apple Watch kind of use it like me, kind of a glorified Fitbit, you know, yeah. and and really enjoy it that way. Um, and and they've made a good business, I think, about m- kind of pivoting their marketing from a fashion device to a, a health and fitness device. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, obviously, there are probably things they could do on that end, maybe to to do more, you know, maybe add more of those types of features for like the power, you know, runners and exercisers out there. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, the biggest thing that you still have with it, you've got to plug it in every day, right? Like, that's the yeah. biggest thing. But otherwise, I mean, I am, um, I think that a bigger screen could be good. Um, if they could make it thinner, I think that would obviously be a good thing. Mm-hmm. But I think keeping the, con- the, uh, the dimensions similar so that the band fits, um, is great. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I mean, you know, I, I'm probably least excited about the Apple watch. I did buy one last year with my, uh, fitness credit and very proud of you. Yeah. And although I'm not like at the point where I I don't know if I would upgrade or not, you know what I mean? Um, I'm not opposed to it because I also haven't used my fitness credit this year. So, uh, you know, um, (laughs) so, okay. Then would Grant get your old watch? Yeah, I mean, he would have to deal with the girly, like, 38 millimeter size. But, yeah, he totally Oh, well. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, too bad, dude. Like, Man, I just realized I'm in the the iPhone upgrade program now. I'm pretty sure, which means... Ooh. I could get the new phone. You could get the new phone. See, yeah, and you probably should. See, I'm somebody who... But I just got this. I I need to join the iPhone upgrade program. I keep, like, trying to do the pros and cons, but I think I'm going to join. Ugh. Because I get it every year. 
You do. You really do. You should do it. My struggles, this is kind of off topic, but I'm, I really want to pay less for my, because now I'm like paying off my phone monthly. I really want to pay less for my uh, service provider, but T-Mobile, I'm, at last I checked, T-Mobile's the only one that has free international data. Yeah. That just um, works automatically. Exactly. I mean, and if you're part of the plus thing, you get even better data. Yeah, because Verizon, I don't remember how much it adds um, to your bill, but it's it's part of something. And then and even then, you only get like 512 megabytes, and then you've got to pay like another ten dollars every time you do it. No. So it's like, yeah, no. I mean, and and depending on what network you're on, like it's either good or not good. So yeah, that's another thing I keep saying. I'm like, I'm going to move to T-Mobile. And then I don't. Um, so this year, <laughs> well, I, might... I do have terrible coverage everywhere. So don't you worry about that, Christina. Uh, well, I mean, maybe we have a cheaper plan. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I uh, my coverage is so so. Even though it's Verizon, they have the best. You know, like in New York, obviously, and uh, where I live, I don't know if anybody has good coverage in Capitol Hill. It's a kind of a known thing. Yeah. So I don't know. I might switch phone provider or carriers and sign up for the iPhone um, upgrade program this year. We'll see. Uh, 45 a month. Anyway, okay, the last last rumor for the September event uh, is also upgraded iPad Pros yeah. with slimmer bezels and then Face ID replacing the my beloved fingerprint sensor. Yeah, that's going to annoy me. I'm going to be honest. Like, I an really love... Yep, I love Touch ID. And I'm still like, I'm at the point now that I think I like Face ID just as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, although, you know, it doesn't work when you've got like, you're like resting on your pillow. Imagine if I were wearing a face mask, a beautiful sheet mask to make my skin look beautiful. And I tried to access my phone. I couldn't well, do it. No, you would just have to like type in your passcode. I mean, come on, you know. Christina, I am not some kind of peasant living I know, in I know, a field. I'm sorry. Under an oak tree. I know. I'm sorry. Actually, uh, I mean, this entire summer I've had to type in my password because my hands are sweaty because it's hot in New York. So I guess there is your uh, quality of life argument for Face ID, which I still don't trust because <laughs> I'm yeah. a Luddite. <laughs> no, I mean, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I think it works fairly well. Again, I think there are some things that almost a year into it are still not as fast. Like Apple Pay is one of them, you know, having to double tap, look, and then, you know, uh, look at, uh, you know, hold hold it up to the reader does take more time than just, you know, yeah. pressing um, on the button and um, and holding it to the reader. Um, I don't, but, you know, I don't, like, I get wanting the smaller bezels and I think that's the impetus from behind this. But I really like having Touch ID on my iPad. I don't know. I'm not I'm not. What do you like thrilled. about that experience? It's just so fast. I mean, not yeah. that the face thing isn't, but like on your iPad, sometimes you're not in a, you know, you're, you're using it way. Like if I've got it like on my bed or if I've got it like leaning, you know, on, on a flat surface, now I have to like lift it up <laughs> to like look at it, which I know is is, is all You're whatever. looming down over your iPad like some kind of romance hero. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm just saying like, and I, I, I at this point, it's funny because I use Windows Hello at Work on my Surface Book, and I use, um, you know, the Touch ID sensor on my MacBook Pro. And both of those are are good, you know, but but Windows Hello is, it's granted, you know, very, very nice. And I, I love being able to use that. Um, but my laptop is always upright, like facing me, you know, mm-hmm. whereas again, yeah. like my iPad isn't. And usually my phone even, like 
Face ID works because it's in my hand. But my iPad, I very frequently have it like laying down someplace and I'm like, you know, swiping on it. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it's just, it's a minor thing, but it's going to be a slight inconvenience to have to pick it up and look at it every time. I'm also going to be curious to see where the camera is positioned and how that works because although I do use my iPad in um, portrait mode, I use it in, in, in landscape mode way more. And so the camera, though, you know, is, is at the top, you know, portrait-wise. And so it'll be interesting to be like, okay, well, how is that going to work when capturing your face? Because if I'm going to have to pick it up and, you know, like mm. position it, like that's another thing. Because at least with, um, you know, Touch ID, I can just put my, my, my thumb down or, you know, fingerprint or like, uh, um, you know, index finger, like, it doesn't matter what orientations it's in. Yeah, so. you can access it in any weird. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just you want. complaining, but I, um, I'm yeah, I'm sure it's one of those things that you're going to get used to in like a month. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm I'm curious to know kind of what changes they're going to make. I'm interested in. Um, I've had the 9.7 inch iPad Pro for over two years now, and it's been great. But I am I'm in that like I want to upgrade mode, okay. so I I don't think I'll get like the the 13 inch, you know, the 12.9 inch. I think that's like too yeah. big, but. Um, but 11 inches is what they're saying now as opposed to the 10 and a half inch size. Like they, it's weird. They keep playing with the size on, on the iPad pro. Like they keep being like, well, how big do we want to (laughs) go? What if it were this big then? Would you like it? Would you buy it? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And, and so, you know, and also kind of ensuring that none of your accessories will work with the new one. Uh. That's fun. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm curious uh, to see, um, what that looks like. And, and, um, it's very likely Mm -hmm. that I will be getting one. Well, this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Pingdom. Whilst you've been listening to this podcast, how would you know if your website had gone down? Maybe you're on your commute or something. Maybe you're in your car. How would you know if your customers couldn't click that Buy Now button or access your content? You might stumble across the problem by luck, but luck can't be trusted. You need a system. And you need something to tell you that everything is running smoothly on your site. And more importantly, when it is not running smoothly at all. Yes, my friends, you need Pingdom. Pingdom will let you know the moment your site goes down in whatever way is best for you. And they're smart, too. They'll get you the information needed to solve the issue and send it to whoever needs that information whether that's one person or whether it is your entire team. They're dedicated to making the web faster and more reliable, and they use more than 70 global test servers to emulate visits to your site. And they can check your availability as often as every minute. All Pingdom needs is the URL of your site, and they take care of the rest. So don't risk being the last person to know about something on your site breaking. Start monitoring it today by going to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. And then when you sign up, you can use the offer code ROCKET at checkout to get an awesome 30% off of your first invoice. That is again, pingdom.com, P-I-N-G-D-O-M.com slash RelayFM. And the code is ROCKET for 30% off. Uh, thank you so much, Pingdom, for your support of Rocket and Relay FM. Woohoo! Did we briefly want to touch on this uh, AR lenses rumor? 
Yeah, just really quickly. Yeah, uh, literally like two hours before we recorded this podcast, um, it was confirmed that Apple bought um, uh, an AR glasses startup. Yeah, Arcadia. Uh, who I've Aconia, never heard of. Sorry, Aconia. Arconia, wow. yeah, who I've never heard of. Um, and, and what do they do? They, they make like AR glasses or something? They basically make lenses. It's a, a bunch of holographic nerds uh, that make lenses that can display holographic data. Uh, it basically displays for augmented reality glasses. So the idea, I believe, is moving AR tech from your phone screen to a screen that you wear over your eyes, essentially. Kind of HoloLens-esque, it seems. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Um, I think that this is um, more proof that we're totally going to see some sort of Apple mm -hmm. AR headset. Yeah. Uh, and the, the the Reuters piece said that Bloomberg reported that Apple wa wanted to ship augmented reality glasses in 2020. So I, does that tra timeline track for you if they're if they're buying this company that makes lenses uh, right now? Does that track for a 2020 product release? Yeah, because they've made a lot of other AR, VR acquisitions over the last couple of years. Uh, a, a number of years ago, they bought a company called uh, Mateo, which actually did like a lot of uh, um, uh, kind of like AR stuff. Um, but and, and they'd even built, you know, uh, protocols and things for the iPad and work with chipset makers to, to do interesting things. So they and they, they bought a bunch of other, you know, AR, VR companies as well. So to me that indicates they could potentially be really far along in the development process. You know, they also have had AR kit for, mm -hmm. you know, um, two years now and, or, or going on a year, but, you know, two OS versions. And um, so this might be one of those things that kind of indicates, okay, now we have this tech that we can actually incorporate mm -hmm. once we are getting close to going into production, if that makes any sense. They yeah. might already, already have the, the, the software stuff figured out. They just needed... Um, some stuff on the hardware end. I don't know. Give I mean, me, but yeah, I mean, it's that's it, what it, Tim it's, Cook it's, said. Exactly, but 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 it seems likely. I mean, that's a year and a half away. Um, if if we were talking an early 2020 release, and it would probably be one of those things that they would either announce or release towards the end of the year. So talk about two years. Mm -hmm. that's yeah, true. I think that seems reasonable. All right, cool, cool, cool. All right, so uh, politics blanket warning. But uh, there's been some interesting, there's a very good uh, op-ed from Kara Swisher, uh, who, Disclosure, obviously works for Recode, which is owned by Vox, in the New York Times this week, because she's also writing for them. She is so multi-talented. The larger point is Donald Trump saying foolish things on Twitter, but again, attacking sort of the tech industry, specifically in this case, Google, because of his perception that the search engine is biased against him because when he Googled himself, bad things came up. Can you imagine that, Christina? Oh, my God. Yeah, no, this this is just, I mean, this is what happens when, like, a 72-year-old who, you know, believes conspiracy theories and 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 chain letters from, the, from emails is um, not just, uh, you know, the commander-in-chief, but has unfettered access to Twitter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he said in his tweet, uh, the situation will be addressed. The situation, of course, being based on algorithms that try to promote websites that are not garbage, but also his own search history, <laughs> right. um, which 
I I would be uh I would be remiss to point out that that means he is or remiss not to point out that that means he's googling himself in the middle of the night <laughs> and getting mad about what comes up. But um I think the larger story here is an interesting point that somebody who doesn't understand how this technology works is nevertheless I think being using it to wield large power in uh, among his followers um, via Twitter, but also, of course, has been supported by it the entire way to the presidency because of the exact thing that he's complaining about, which is wrong, which is that the the news about him, the bad news about him is being treated or sorry, the bleh, the people who are supporting him uh, via the actual fake news are not really being treated differently than genuine um, news outlets that are trustworthy. Did that? Yeah. It, did any of that large sentence make <laughs> sense? Because I yes. got a little, very lost in the middle of it. I got a little lost too when you came around. You, 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 I brought you it figured back. it out. I the, it you brought it back. Yeah. No. I mean, I think you're right, and it's it, it's it's kind of. I mean, terrifying. Uh, I mean, parts of it are funny, but it, it's just more, I don't know. He, Like you said, he does not understand how this stuff works. And then he's using this stills platform to mm-hmm. um, spread um, the idea that misinformation is a thing, which frankly has become kind of the consensus, you know? Like, it, it, like it, it, he's kind of proved, like, you say something enough times, people start to accept it as reality. Mm -hmm. Ironically, that is, like, fake news, but that's how he's, you know what I mean? Like, there's a certain, like, hilarity in that he's gotten all of us to kind of, not all of us, but, like, the public, so to speak, to believe that fake news is a thing, um, which in and of itself is kind of fake news. Yeah, it's true, and I feel... Every time I use that term, I I have this, like, reaction of, like, oh, God, I've got to stop using that. No, I mean, I'm the same way. Like, I really don't like the phrase at all. But because uh, I because I I, I I feel like there is fake news, but I feel like the way that it has. I mean, um, it didn't grow up. It didn't come out of a context that was referring to news that is blatantly false. It grew up out of a context of referring to, like, fair reporting on him. Right. Exactly. No, precisely. Precisely. And and, and that's the thing is that it's just like, OK, whatever. Um but it's interesting, like him calling out, you know, Google, and then there. What's also kind of ridiculous is so. So he's claiming, you know, Google. He's claiming all these untruths, like oh, Google, you know, news only shows the negative stuff, and and then he's basing this on a report that came out of a company called PJ Media, which used to be known as Pajama Media, which literally yeah. started as like conservative, like bloggers, like during like the two thousand four election, who. I mean, these 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 people have never pretended to be like professionals. Now they try to try to pretend to be that way, but oh. you know, this was like literally like bloggers. You know what I mean? Like not even like bloggers that somehow like morphed into like a legit media organization. Like just like like people who were you know uh, yelling at the cloud. You know, um, uh, angry yelling at the cloud. They're in, in their in their homes like fourteen years ago. So that's funny. The source in and of itself, which kind of proves the broader point that this is false, because he's like, oh well, you know these. 
um, discredited and disproven places don't come up as well in the results as, you know, uh, uh, well-known entities like uh, the Washington Post and the New York Times and, and the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. Um, so there's that. And then there's also kind of the misunderstanding that, you know, a lot of Google stuff, even though it is a black box, and I'll agree with that, is based on search engine optimization. And as we've seen, there are plenty of outlets that do a really, really, really good job with SEO that aren't credible or accredited. So yep. that's, that's you know, false in and of itself. Um, but what's, what's weird to me is that, you know, he was then claiming on Twitter, I think, that um, Google had promoted, you know, Obama's State of the Union, um, but not his. And, it, and, and you know, there's proof that that wasn't true. But the weird thing is, and, and all these outlets, like, are going to all these depths of, um, you know, like, showing how he's wrong. I wonder if that's almost the wrong approach. Like, I, I, I'd like to ask you this question. Like, I wonder if by giving credence to his statements and even taking the time to debunk his theories, if that's reinforcing the idea that these theories have any credibility to begin with. And if it would not sometimes be better to not write the 15, you know, explain articles, this is why this is false, because it ultimately is only in some ways reinforcing the meme and the idea that this is a thing which he has done successfully to kind of make false, you know, false things, uh, lies, frankly, um, uh, something that a, a, a large number of people agree, you know, think is the truth. Yeah, I'm I'm torn on that because on the one hand, he's, like you said, he is very good at directing the conversation in whatever way he wants it to go by saying things that are blatantly wrong and then everyone jumps on it to say that he's right or he's wrong and whatever. And that is, I I do agree that that can be a distraction slash a waste of time slash yeah, giving credence to ideas that don't deserve to be given credence to. And on the other hand, I like, I, I don't know that the opposite, like doing nothing would also, I, I don't know that that would be a good idea either because then something from a verified Twitter account is just kind of sitting out there unchallenged. Um, Although on the other hand, I'm not sure if I'm sure somebody who believes what he's saying, isn't necessarily going to do the due diligence to check up on that. Like Google, like Vox explains whether Google is actually hiding positive stories about Donald Trump. Like it's a mess. I, right. I don't think that there's a right answer necessarily. Um, but I, I do think that, like, I don't know, leaving his statements unchallenged by professionals does bother me. I am, like, constantly exhausted by the stream of dunks from any, any like, Joe Schmo on Twitter. Yeah, no, I agree Sorry, with that. But, yeah, no, no, and I and I agree with that. I just wonder, like, at one point, do we not do that? And and I mean, and I yeah. and I wonder because because at a certain point, it almost does become, like you said, kind of an SEO play. And and I don't mean to call Vox out, but I'll call Gizmodo out on some of this too. You know, because uh, because they've written things, and 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 Hashable certainly has turned into a place that will. Well, I don't know if they would do this now because I don't. I think they're kind of taking an anti-politics bent, unless it's just memes, which is sad. But anyway. You know, but I wonder, like, if if in the rush to kind of get the the clicks, because that is definitely a part of the news business, you know, and be part of the keyword searches on Google, if it 
in some ways just reinforces the whole narrative. Like, I, I agree, I think, calling out some of the things, but I don't know if every aspect of the story maybe needs to have an update, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really fair. And I, I the point that it is all at the end of the day directed by Google and it's algorithms <laughs> of course is a very salient one uh because we are in many ways kind of beholden to that black box um yeah which which to me kind of you know proves the ultimate fallacy with all of this is that it's like he's complaining about stuff that that he that i mean these things that he are used very cleverly all his oh, career with- well, yeah, and and frankly, like you know, he he rails against Facebook, which there have been numerous case studies um, showing how well um, and how adequately you know his um, team used Facebook ads and used promotions um, far better than the Democrats, far better than Hillary. You know, um, he's a, a, a case study in how to tweet well. I mean, he has terrible tweets, but he is effective. He's probably one of the most effective users of the platform. You know, like, mm-hmm. he's not good at Instagram, but, like, that's... He He doesn't really want to be. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? So, he doesn't have it, to be. No, he doesn't. And so it's sort of it, it's sort of interesting. I mean, literally, everything he tweets becomes a news story, becomes something, that, a headline that people talk about. Like, he is using that platform so well. And, and then the targeting mechanism of his machine is using Facebook so well. So it's sort of you know, like laughability is like, oh, but 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 tech is 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 trying to um silence my voice because when I Google myself, negative things come up. It's like, well, yeah, a, um, last time I checked, we lived in a democracy. The United States was a democracy, and we were not a dictatorship. Like if you only want to see positive things about your leader, literally that's why you go to China or Russia. Like mm-hmm. that's literally what happens in those types of places. So it's sort of funny for the people who are all about, you know, uh, claiming to be anti-communist are are really like he's really pushing for like that type of dictatorship over uh see uh, uh, of the press and, and, and the information. That Trump is a communist. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I mean, ju- I'm I'm just saying like if you want to see what happens when that sort of stuff is denied, then you need to look at at countries that have that sort of yeah. leadership because that's how that works. Which kind of like I think loops back to the central central problem. Of all of this, which is just the cognitive dissonance required to to entertain his ideas in any way. Yeah. Because he is ostensibly like the democracy candidate, the freedom candidate. But what everything that he describes is the opposite of that. So I I don't know. Which yeah, no, I mean, leads you're, me to believe right. that there's really no good way or no infallible way to kind of push back on that. Yeah, no, I mean it, it, it's it's a it's a conundrum. But it was interesting too because I thought one of the gr- the best parts of of uh, Kara's article was she was kind of pointing out all the ways that big tech, frankly, has been good for um, Republicans and and how much they like in turn some you know traditional Republican policies. You know, they take advantage of of the the the, the tax cuts and of you know the um, the uh, incentives to repatriate income and and they like you know the deregulation and all these other things. And so in a lot of ways. You know, she kind of makes the argument that, you know, big tech leaders, and I think this is probably largely true, like they, you know, claim to be, uh, you know, much more liberal on social issues. But when it comes to other policy issues can be, if not conservative, at the very least, you know, libertarian or, or, or neutral. And so, again, there's that dissonance where he's making sort of accusations with the supposition and kind of the accepted, uh, and I think by all of us, kind of the accepted, you know, notion that, oh, you know, big tech companies tend to be more left-leaning. 
And yeah, that might be true on social policies, but that's not true when you look at business issues. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, it, it it's it's interesting. I mean, you know, um, the amount, of, I, I haven't, I don't know this for a fact, and so I don't want to make suppositions, but it would be interesting to look at lobbying efforts, you know, spent by some of the biggest, you know, tech companies. And Facebook, obviously, is is a huge, huge lobbyer. So is Google. Um, so is Microsoft, I'm sure. Um you know, to see what percentage they kind of um, dedicate, you know, for certain issues towards what candidates. Yeah. Yeah. I think I totally just lost my train of thought, but the train, oh yeah, no, the train of thought is I wonder, yeah, which, which one of those things weighs more heavily on a company. And I would guess the need to make money because that's the system that those companies exist in is one where they need to continually grow. So, hey, this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Eero. Woohoo! The folks at Eero built the Wi Fi they wish they had in their own homes. A fast, reliable connection in every room and the backyard, too. The new second generation Eero includes a third 5 gigahertz radio, which makes it twice as fast as before. And it was fast before. So, whatever your Wi Fi needs, Eero will blanket your entire home in fast, reliable Wi Fi. It sits flat on any surface, and then you just plug it into the wall with the included power adapter, and boom, you are ready to connect your Eero, either with Ethernet or wirelessly. They also have the tiny Eero beacon, so that you plug it into a wall and you have expanded coverage into that room. That's magical. So you don't have to move to a different part of the house to get the internet speed that you want, which is a very archaic thing to do. Having just one router does not work anymore. Like light waves, Wi-Fi waves don't go through walls all that well. You wouldn't expect a light bulb in your living room to light your bedroom, and mine certainly doesn't, and that's why I live in a cave. But with Eero, you can install like an enterprise-grade Wi-Fi system in your home in just a few minutes. Christina. Yes. Tell me your feelings about Eero. I love Eero. I mean, um, you know, it's funny because Apple stopped releasing um, and, and updating the uh, the Airport Express series. Mm-hmm. And those were kind of the go-to. We would always say, like, if you need to recommend a router for your parents, something that's easy to use and maintain, like, that's what you get, even though it costs more than, you know, your uh, run-of-the-mill router or um, uh, the router that's built into your cable modem, um, which is how a lot of people connect to the internet. And um, it, the Euro is kind of a great replacement for that. You know, it's it's super fast. It's easy to set up. You it has a really nice smartphone app. Um, I'm a big fan, and so and then mm-hmm. the the latest design is is kind of cool. Like you've got one that's kind of a cylinder that's your main hub, and the other ones just plug into the wall. They're really um, low profile. They kind of they're not much bigger than you know um, the things that you would have uh, like like uh, air fresheners or, or nightlights yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So I mean. And and honestly, mesh routing works. I have we have a mesh routing system here. I've used, I've tested a bunch of them, and uh, Eero is is one of the fastest and the easiest to set up. And and if you, especially if you're in an area that has a lot of um, other people around, like uh, apartment buildings or whatever, they can be a good way of getting rid of dead zones and interference. Ooh. But if you're in a larger home, um, where frankly, like traditional routers just can't fill all those nooks and crannies. They're really good because you can put one in a central area, you know, but one maybe, you know, upstairs, one maybe in a basement or someplace else. And they work really well. Um, and you can add more than than three like Eero cells additional ones too. So if you've got a really big space, you can you can loop them all together. So I, I'm a big fan of Eero and um, I, I like how uh, their company is run and stuff. Like this is me talking, not 
me as an advertiser. Uh, but yeah, so um, A plus Christina recommended. Thank for you for sure. that perspective. Okay, thank you. Uh, if you would like, now that you've heard all that, free overnight shipping to the U.S. or Canada. You can visit Eero.com and at checkout select overnight shipping, then enter Rocket, and then you've got free shipping. So that is Eero.com with the promo code Rocket for free overnight shipping. Thank you so much, Eero, for your support of the show, which is Rocket. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Christina, it's time for yes. our favorite part of the show. Yes. The drama. Oh my gosh. The drama. So drama. There's so much drama this week. Like, honestly, they're like, it's so good. I'm so excited. God bless America and also mm-hmm. England because that is where half of our England story is my lives. city. England is my city. Yes. Um, if you're not up on your uh, YouTube memes, uh, which you should be, you should know that uh, Logan Paul, YouTuber ex horrible in air, uh, mm-hmm. has been building up to a fight with fellow YouTuber. KSI for months and months and months and Logan's younger brother Jake is fighting or fought rather KSI's younger brother Deji uh, these fights have occurred they were pay-per-view fights on YouTube $10 mm-hmm. to stream the fight live the results I believe Jake won his fight and Logan and KSI tied but yeah, that they is tied. not the point yeah, yeah no, they, they tied they, they, I mean okay that is the point slightly which is well, ridiculous yeah, but- yeah, no, they they tied, and then and then they were immediately like, oh, well, it's a good thing we already had agreed before this even started to a rematch in the United States. Guess you all better tune in then. Like, get out of here. Wrestling is supposed to be the <sighs> fake sport. This is what I'm saying. Like, wrestling is supposed to be the fake sport. Boxing is not, and yet this whole thing has been run just like a wrestling promotion. Yeah. So, frankly, uh, we're going to talk about what happened. You're going to tell us, but I have no sympathy for anyone in this scenario yeah yeah like, no sympathy for the, no sympathy the millionaires i assume who are involved in this scenario but what happened so the fight was streaming on youtube it was pay-per-view but it was of course immediately pirated because this is huh. the streaming event of the summer Seventy thousand people watched it on periscope and over a million people watched it for free on twitch oh i uh, love this so much yeah and the largest like, twitch stream people, had over four hundred thousand viewer concurrent viewers like literally, uh, as as uh, Patricia Hernandez, I, I think first pointed out for the for the verge, like more people were watching it uh, on illegal streams than on the official. Yep, yeah, more people. I, I I can't remember the exact numbers right now, but more people did watch it for free than paid for it. Um, and interestingly enough, it's also being treated like pay, a pay per view fight in real boxing, which I will call real boxing because I don't consider this real boxing. Um, Neither do I. And that copyright strikes have been issued against like any footage usage of it, which is very different for YouTube because people on YouTube are used to doing reaction videos on things and being able to embed short clips of what they're talking about. But now with this baby, not with this. There are copyright strikes being issued left and right uh, for any YouTuber who is using footage of this fight in their um, analysis or reaction videos. Yeah, no, I mean, that's what's really interesting to me is, is uh, well, first of all, obviously, people were were pretending to be, like, upset that Twitch didn't pull the, uh, the, the um, pirated streams. And look, I mean... It does kind of look bad. There was a screenshot. I don't know if it's legit or not that showed that there were like Twitch employees watching, um, <laughs> which I mean is funny. 
And and also, you don't know if that's their job to like enforce things or not. And and I'm 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 not going to hold that against them. I mean, it's 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 a bad look, but also who cares? But like, there are Twitch streams of a lot of events. Twitch, frankly, doesn't do the best job with uh, kind of policing that stuff. They just don't. Um, but uh, you know, I, part of me puts the initial blame of of the rampant piracy on probably the fact that I would imagine that the the Jake uh, that Logan Paul and 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 KSI's teams maybe just didn't have good things in place ahead of time. Because usually with the real fights, you see that stuff, but they'll get shut down, um, you know, because they've, the, the, the management and, and, and I guess the promoters and the people behind it have been in talks with the various services to be like, okay, let's give you, let's get a direct line set up so that we can Mm -hmm. have stuff removed when it's reported. I don't know if that happened. Um, it wouldn't have helped in the Periscope case because, you know, people just start, start, started and started all over again. Like that's kind of the wild west. Yeah. Um, but, but it was funny that, you know, it was happening on Twitch and people were trying to do conspiracy theories like, oh, Twitch didn't care because it was on a competing platform. And I'm like, I don't think Twitch would have cared, you know, if it was on actual pay-per-view. They, they haven't, you know, with the, with the, um, uh, McGregor, um, who was the other guy, um, um, Mayweather fight. So, um, like, I just, I just don't think it matters. Could it be that Twitch doesn't care about anything? I mean, I think that's, that's accurate. Um, so, you know, whatever, like. Um, but I, I also think, uh, what's, so I thought, I thought that, you know, people trying to get upset on behalf of people who, you know, are literally selling the idea of boxing matches and grudge matches to children, to like small children. And they may look well, my merch. Um, I, I have no sympathy. I don't care. Um, but I think that it is interesting to see that they are then taking this proactive approach with any of the reaction videos, because, like you said, you expect this if this is a pay-per-view event or if it was broadcast on HBO or something else because YouTube wouldn't have access to that. And so it's kind of a known thing. But, you know, this was broadcast live on YouTube. And mm-hmm. so it's interesting to see YouTube kind of taking this approach of being like, oh, no, we had the paywall. And now, you know, the standard community way of of, of doing things is not allowed. And it might be fully legal and, and within, like, terms of service for them to do that. But it does – it is kind of an interesting – community uh move both from you know ksi and logan paul who i think we all can kind of admit it's clear they don't care about community or any of those things yeah but also they really it, don't because you know, it is their really companies who are issuing the copyright strikes but it's also interesting that like youtube is kind of taking the approach of oh well if we have this sort mm-hmm. of thing behind a paywall there is no you know um interpretation for fair use unless you're willing to go down a really long and arduous journey, mm-hmm. uh, which most um, YouTubers who are going to want to do reaction videos aren't going to want to deal with, because the whole reason you do the reaction video is to get a lot of views and to get, um, you know, potentially those those uh that that, yeah. that YouTube money, that sweet sweet YouTube money, and that's not going to be valuable uh, in in a year <laughs> once a, a, a fair use the complaint is is resolved in court if it gets that far. So it's sort of interesting that you know that YouTube's policy is. Basically, to be like, yeah, yeah. I bye. just don't understand why this doesn't fall under fair use. Because, well, I mean, I think that it would, but yeah. I think that I mean, it, there hasn't been a lot of kind of established case law in how much content can be done and whatnot, and and YouTube's policies, frankly, aren't set up in a way mm-hmm. that um, benefits um, people who are making that argument. Yeah, and I think that's because when they when YouTube started, you know, it was, uh, Viacom very famously, you know, sued them for a lot of money and that lawsuit continued, um, or I think maybe even started after Google had acquired the service, but, um, you know, they had to create content ID and do a lot of other things. Um, and, and I think that that has kind of built things into, 
the way YouTube works to be reactionary um, and and always side on behalf of the claimant rather than the YouTuber. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. But but I love the drama, and I'm just I'm I mean I'm anyone who pirated that fight. I'm just going to say I'm proud of you because anybody who paid for that fight, why, why? (laughs) Like I get it. I'm not opposed. Like look, I love trash television. I love The Bachelor. I'm not going to judge anybody for you know what they find interesting. But the thing is, is that me loving The Bachelor doesn't give the terrible contestants like money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm not putting money in their pockets directly. Whereas, if you're actively paying for, like, the KSI Logan Paul fight, you're literally giving, like, two pretty terrible people a whole lot of money for no reason. Like, so, props to everyone who pirated. Uh, looking forward to round two. Great. <laughs> yeah, for real. Did, did did you watch any of this? I didn't watch any of it. I just, no, like, caught I didn't up on the watch it. Um, I, I could I, care. I, I just don't care. This weekend. When yeah. It happened. I, yeah, I just I, I I tried to I love YouTube drama, but I like couldn't care about like the fight. I was just like no, the whole I'm thing here just for felt like, like such the a distractions that come before the fight, and then yes, whatever yes. Uh, critique people have after the fight. Speaking of which, I have to check up on my favorite YouTubers tonight. But first, of course, a brief update on Christina and I's ultimate favorite story oh my god this is the story of the summer like th- this in movie pass i don't know which one is my favorite yeah so what are the chances christina that elon musk has broken up with grimes now oh i think it's it's pretty it's 100 pretty, right i mean it has to be i mean unless he's i don't know man i mean he did just agree not to take tesla private and and I mean, maybe he's got a lot of stuff going on i don't know uh, but there's no way it's he busy. can still be with Grimes. I don't know. No, not after what happened. So Elon <laughs> Musk, uh, after everything that happened, uh, has probably broken up with Grimes and is under investigation by the SEC. So <laughs> on all of it, thanks to Azealia Banks, which I didn't Who's mean a to really garbage person, like genuinely. We've said this before, yeah. but she's just kind of reinforced it. But I'm so here for the drama because like everybody in this situation is unlikable. So we can just enjoy the all of it. So she recently um, has uh, continued to be involved in the situation, but she's she's sent Elon um, basically. A letter. Yeah, I, I don't want to know. I don't know if I can call it like a love letter, but like. It, it 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 you know what it reminds me of it's like you know uh dear stan uh, you know dear Eminem you know I'm your biggest fan you know like <laughs> I'm writing you this letter like it's totally like one of those things right yeah yeah what gets me about this is the line um well she talks about while she was in his home she learned a lot of personal information about him that made her feel awkward and uncomfortable and never had any intention of using it against him <laughs> and then. Instagrammed it out, Azealia. Yeah. Right, Please. and then and then she, and then she's like, "But I'm this. I'm a huge fan of yours, and I've heard you really like my music, and I really think we should work together." And da 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 da. And people are writing fanfic about us, and I'm like, oh, "Girl, Lord. girl, stop." He he he's never responding to you ever. First of all, so I'm hoping she's at least self aware enough to know that, and is just like this is like a giant troll. But I can't tell. I love it. I think what what was I so my fave one of my favorite parts of this I think uh Julia my roommate um told me today that Elon Musk is on the Game of Thrones set or something like visiting the Game of Thrones set oh of course he is my 
fantasy scenario, uh, which she thinks is absolutely going to happen, is that somehow Elon Musk leaks Game of Thrones rumors. <laughs> Spoilers. And I think I think he's going to do it by trying to spoil it for Grimes, his now ex. I think he's going to try to spoil Game of Thrones for her, and it's going to get out. And we're going to have Game of Thrones spoilers from Elon Musk because yeah. of his breakup. And and I wonder, that's a really interesting theory, because I wonder if the, if, if the Elon, like, fanatics, if they would if they would get mad. Like, if he ruined their favorite it's show. It's the only thing that they could ever resent him for. That's what, yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm like, that might be the thing that'd be like, okay, we, we were down with all the other stuff, but this... This is too no, far. This is too far. Yeah, so, um, yeah, there's... I mean, so he he and Grimes unfollowed each other for, or he unfollowed her from Instagram or whatever or Twitter or something. Has there have we have there's been any other updates? Has there been any confirmation about them one no way or another? Confirmation. I think that the unfollowing was supposed to be so that he wouldn't be distracted. But if she's unfollowed him in return, then then no, it's done. I'm we're just waiting for official confirmation. I'm gonna Google yeah. it really quick. Grimes and Elon Musk. Um also apropos of nothing, I just clicked in the YouTube search box and my search history goes KSI versus Logan Paul, uh-huh. PewDiePie. Yep. The name of a character from Breath of the Wild, Azealia mm-hmm. Banks 212, Grimes, nice. Azealia Banks. <laughs> so, I'm so proud of you. I guess you know now I, what I've been doing on YouTube. I was gonna say I, I was gonna say I think I think if you added drama alerts to to uh you would have like very similar to mine. Good Good note. I definitely need to look up what Keemstar said about the fight. Okay, well, no official news on Elon Musk and Grimes, but we will surely have an update for you next week in our second consecutive Christina and Simone show. We will. Oh, and I do have some very last minute breaking, not breaking news because it happened last week, but I do want to share everyone a a movie pass update because (gasps) that dramatic story keeps getting better. So MoviePass is now offering to uh, buy out the majority of uh, um, um, annual pass members and be like, hey, you're going to have to agree to these new terms um, as annual pass members who previously previously didn't have to rely on the the terrible, you know, terms of uh, the, the, the MoviePass changing to three movies a month. And they're like, but if you don't want to, we'll have to give you a prorated amount of your money back. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm an annual pass member. I have not received the email yet, but I haven't checked. I might not have used it. I mean, I used it a lot, but I might not have used it as as much as they needed me to. But I feel like if I use it one more time, I haven't been able to use it. I didn't use it the entire month of August. I was unable to because Jeez. of the terribleness. So the, that's ridiculous. They're just shooting themselves in the foot. They are. At this point, I'm like, I, I, I'm kind of mad that I haven't received an email because I genuinely want to get the the prorated refund back. I'm like, Please. I, I'm, I'm done. Like, you you keep changing everything. So anyway, that's the latest. Is that is that th- this is literally the company that is is doing everything it can to in, to burn their customers to ensure that no one ever like. I mean, obviously they're going to go out of business, but to sh- to ensure that you know forever the name MoviePass will be like negatively associated, so that if yeah. any of these future people ever try to be like, oh, I was the so and so of MoviePass, people are going to be like, yeah, next. <laughs> What were our predictions for when they'd go out of business? I said end of August, so I'm wrong. Okay. Did I say September? I think you might have. I'm not sure. Okay. And then Brie had them going till the end of the year, I believe. 
Yeah, Brie might wind up correct. We'll just have to see when the next things of rounds of loans are due. I'm still contending there's something really, really shady from a financial standpoint going on here. Yeah. I can feel it. But uh, yeah. Get Azealia Banks on it. <gasps> Honestly, if anybody could, t- I mean. Oh my God. Can you imagine the film Azealia Banks, Tech Detective? Oh my, yeah, see, yes. Also, honestly, like, yeah, because it's, I, I, I have to comment on this. Um, uh, I know that we're like, we're, we're running long. We need to, to end the show, but we do have to respect the fact that like Azalea Banks has basically changed the, the potential nature of, of a company, you know, uh, uh, trajectory yeah. through Instagram stories. That, this is why it's the most rocket story. Okay, my, here's a proposal. For our Christmas episode, we're doing a uh, like prize or a voting show for which for different bleh, prizes, and this is going to be nominated for most rocket story of the year, and it's going to win for most rocket oh, yeah. story of the year. That I is mean, all yes. I have to say. You're, you're dead on. I mean, like it, I honestly I can't imagine a more rocket story ever. Like this is just mm-hmm. it, it is it is the the combination of all the things that we love and are obsessed with. It is, it is truly like, yeah. All right. I mean, cool. Well, Christina, what are you up to this week? Um, so I'm going to be wedding in Napa nice. um, this weekend for a holiday. So I'm You're very excited about that. You're going back to California for a third time in two weeks. Yes. Christina. Yes. See, this is, this is called poor planning on my behalf because I was in San Francisco yesterday. And had I been smart, I would have just stayed and worked from San Francisco um, this week and then gone to Napa, but I'm not smart. And uh, so, yeah. Um, So there's that. And, uh, oh, um, I will see if I can get it added to the show notes. If not, I'll I'll talk about it next week. But um, the uh, latest episode of Behind the Tech uh, podcast that I do with uh, Kevin Scott, a Microsoft CTO, he does the interviews, but he and I kind of uh, chat before and after that I've talked about before, um, is uh, coming out this Thursday. And this one is an interview with Andrew Ng, who's one of the preeminent like AI genius is kind of of our time and he was the, one of the people behind the, the the google brain project and um has done a lot of other really really interesting kind of amazing things and they have a really really good conversation um about about ai and, and where things are going in tech so um i encourage people who are into the harder tech stuff to give that a listen because it's actually a really really good combo um and you can hear me at the beginning and the end um yeah that so, definitely sounds like uh, right up a rocket listener's alley yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so I'm going to a wedding this weekend and, um, you know, that's about it. Uh, what about you? What am I doing? Uh, it's Labor Day weekend, so I'm just relaxing. I just got back from my cousin's wedding in Vermont. So, oh, my God, I don't want to do anything ever again. <laughs> but I did have my uh, Horizon Zero Dawn video go up. So you can watch that nice. on Polygon's YouTube channel. Um this is the good YouTube channel, not like those other YouTube channels that I watch. This is a good one. So it's basically I talked to the sound designer, the principal sound designer for Horizon Zero Dawn and also the director of the game to talk about what they did to make the bow sound and feel so good. Um, so I, I really had a good time putting it together and it went up while I was away. So I, I would like to encourage everyone to give it a look-see. I That's awesome. Enjoy it. Yeah, that's what I'm up to. Um, can I grab a link to your podcast to put in the show notes, Christina? You sure can. Thank you. Well, on that note, thank you so much. 
for listening to Rocket. Christina, where can we find you online? You can find me uh, online at film underscore girl on Twitter and Instagram. And you can uh, find uh, the videos that I do at work at youtube.com slash Microsoft developer. How excellent. And you can find me online, of course, at youtube.com slash polygon and on Twitter at Doom Quasar, where I live. And you, yes. And you can, of course, find uh, Brianna, Brianna Wu at Space Cat Gal on Twitter and uh, Brianna Wu for Congress.com. And of course, uh, if you are in uh, uh, Massachusetts, it's 8th District, uh, consider uh, getting out to vote mm-hmm. uh, this week. Yeah, and it, uh, Brianna Wu twenty eighteen dot com also works. Oh, sorry, that's it. Uh, yeah. I don't know if the that might be the correct one. Mine might not actually. Have been. Yeah, let's just go with Brianna Wu twenty eighteen dot com is where you find our our third co host Brianna Wu, and also on the news. She's on the news. Woohoo! Yeah, yeah. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Rockets. This episode is terminated. Terminated. Terminated.